0: It's Tuesday, so you know what that means. TV Tuesday. Spyrokin's podcast, where we talk about all things TV, specifically the new TV shows that we're watching this week. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up?
1: Hey, it's Greta.
0: And we're back in for another fun-filled episode. Remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at...
1: www.spirakin.com.
0: We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, and various other social media sites. And if you want to recommend a show for us, you can either email me at Zan, that's X-A-N, at spirekin.com. We're also on, uh, or you can message me on Spyrokin, on the website itself, or at Spyrokin on Twitter. So let's get to it, shall we? because we've got a lot to talk about today, and a lot happened. This has been a crazy week. We've got six shows, and one of them we got to talk about two episodes, because I kind of cheated last week. So the first one we're talking about is the show where there is no reason why we should be watching the show, but we are. A show about dancing, but not dancing with the stars,
1: Masked Dancer.
0: Yes. Do, do 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 Not who is that, right? Or is that who is that? So this is the fourth episode of The Masked Dancer. And I've got to say, this episode we had a guest star on the show, which was kind of cool. Not terrible. But, I don't know, it still isn't really, you know, it's not really clicking with me so far.
1: Well, I don't, I don't know. It's not... Like I said before, I feel my feeling is we're not a dance society, or at least, you know, like our household, we're not all about dance. Like, we don't go to the ballet. We don't uh, take dancing lessons.
0: No, but like, with Dancing with the Stars, here's the dance we're going to do today. Makes sense. This is...
1: You mean song? No, this... In dancing, oh, Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Yes. This is just,
0: let's see them do something... You're going to dance
1: with a mask on, and we're going to try to figure out...
0: Yeah, there's no... If you're
1: a professional dancer or not, and who you are.
0: They should have done something different with the format, but again, this was made by Ellen DeGeneres, so it makes sense. But this week, we had four contestants. The exotic bird, the cricket, the hammerhead, and the tulip. And each one danced pretty good. Uh, Well, not really, let's be honest. The two that danced good were the tulip and uh, the stupid bird. And I it like, looks really dumb. I'm I sorry. I like
1: the bird costume. I disagree.
0: They could have said, oh, the flamingo. Oh, this. There are hundreds of different birds, but it's exotic bird. That's kind of lazy.
1: Because it's like a parrot, but it's not a parrot.
0: Because it is a parrot. The parrot or something, but no. just.
1: It's a blue macaw.
0: However, it was... But a...
1: as soon as they identify it as a specific type of bird, then bird lovers are going to come back and be like, no, it's wrong because it only has three red feathers on the left side. You know, you know. True. Stuff.
0: As for the songs, I got to say, there were some good songs this week. You had Fields of Gold, Blinding Lights. This is How We Do It by Montel Jordan, which should have been, the, that been the one that did it. But, and then Latch by uh, Sam Smith. Eh. It was okay. Um, I have to say, Craig Robinson's still a better host than Nick Cannon.
1: Yeah, he's funny.
0: And I like that uh, Ken Jong doesn't have to be the complete. He's still funny and doing his kind of like, I know who it is, but he's not as crazy as he is in Mass Singer because he has. Someone else to play off of. Yeah. Which is the girl from... Um, the, Ashley Tinsdale. Yes, Ashley Tinsdale. Uh, so this episode, eh. This is how it's on the background. It's not really worth it.
1: It's fun to see the costumes. It's fun to see people dance around. It's it's fun to see um, Janet Jackson's face not move when she's talking. Oh, Paul Abdul. Paul Abdul, sorry. It's fun to see Paul Abdul's face not move. Yeah. Um, it, it's fun, but it's...
0: It's not it's not worth I really yeah, really it on thinks you should stop while you're watching painting this. your nails yeah, this you know? should just be a show for us to watch not for us to review I think at this point because we have so many other shows coming I like out. the
1: costumes.
0: Yeah but um, as usual uh, for those you've never listened before, we do have two sections. this is our spoiler free section. Our spoiler section happens after the music. so if you haven't watched the episode once the music starts, stop listening because there's gonna be spoilers after the music. So anyway, let's get on with the next show and the next show I'm actually kind of excited to talk about. And we are talking about the second episode of *Prodigal Son* season two. We're talking about *Speak of the Devil*, directed by Antonio Negron again, uh, Negret. And this is kind of cool because it's dealing with a couple of things going on. First off, we have Bright is still dealing with the regret from last season, from the end of last season. Uh, also, you
1: mean when he dismembered the man? Well, well, yeah.
0: Uh, but he has that. We have uh, JT dealing with the fallout from last episode. Because, as I said, something happened. And now JT has to deal with that because...
1: JT has to deal with it.
0: Yeah. Cops. Some cops are dicks. Uh, and a bunch of other things going on. But the big thing for this episode, the whole twist, is that there is a murder in a church. And a priest is hung upside down and bled out and... No one knows what happened. It seems to be an exorcism. Uh, We also get introduced to a new character in Claremont, who's very different, who seems to be a friend of Dr. Whitley, which makes it very different. This one's just as insane.
1: And I don't know what I can say that's not spoilery. And this episode, we actually
0: get kind of a theme for the season. The theme is now Malcolm's gone past the whole girl in the box from last season. Now he is trying to get past the fact that he is like his dad. And at that point, he may want to forget about his dad or what where this is going to go. Like, he's going to move past his tendencies. Meanwhile, we have Dr. Whitley, which he has a plan as well. Which last season was just, oh, I'm taking care of my son. Now he actually has a plan for something. He's starting to set up something. Uh, also, Ainsley is too mischievous for her own good.
1: And Denial.
0: Yeah, but also she's sticking her nose in what's going on with her mom.
1: Well, it's only fair. Her mom's been sticking her nose into her business.
0: Because she's moving out. And her mom's so happy. And it's Something's going on. And, uh, yeah. So, good episode. Definitely worth its building of steam again. Yep. And I gotta say, I really am enjoying Prodigal Son. It's still a good show. It's one of the better procedural shows. Also, it was kind of cool seeing a lot of religious elements because also while there's a murder there's also some of the artwork from the past it's done so well
1: but it's also I feel like it's educational every every episode you learn something because it's like random information true you know it's it's the oh did you know that in 17th century all of the artists went crazy because of the lead paint especially in the white color oh that makes sense They're all, they are all all went nuts yeah go cut his ear off like it, it It's just, I don't know.
0: It's kind of cool. It's
1: fun facts. I feel like you learn a fun fact every time there's a prodigal son. True.
0: And now let's get to the one that I'm excited to talk about, which is a premiere for a series. And this one is the season two premiere of the show, which we first started this podcast with. Talking about Snowpiercer season two, the opening. And this is episode one of season two, The Time of Two Engines, directed by Christoph Swev. A schwerv. And... So, if you remember from last season, or you listen to the podcast for a while, you know. So, this series is about, based on the graphic novel, La Transportation. The transport. uh, And this is in a post-apocalyptic world where everything's frozen. The only thing that's moving is a train that goes around the world. And there's a whole class system in the train. In the front, you have the first class passengers. In the back, you have the tailies, who are the essentially impoverished slaves. And at the end of last season, the tailies, led by uh, Detective Layton who is a guy who's trying to do the best he can, overthrew the first class to better situation because the first class, they're mostly horrible people. Um, Overthrew and now is in control of the train. Uh, Class systems are fixing up a little bit. Uh, The official man behind the curtain was proven to have, quote-unquote, died. And uh, the head of hospitality, Melanie, turned out to be someone playing essentially a huge power move behind everybody, saying, I pretended to be... Uh, Mr. Wilford, so that we'd have hope because I abandoned Mr. Wilford. At the end of last season, a big train, which was a supply train that had been theorized to be made, has taken over Snowpiercer and has stopped it.
1: Well, it caught up to it, attached to the back of it, stopped it, and drilled its way through. And opened the
0: door, and it's Mr. Wilford, still alive, still kicking. And he is holding Snowpiercer hostage. And that's where the episode opens up, where you have Melanie, who is trying to stop this outside of the.
1: But there's been a coup, and Melanie's not.
0: But she's now the engineer, which is what she's always wanted to do. So she is stuck in. The... So she's currently stuck outside, and Mister Wilford. They've given a ultimatum: either you do this, or we're going to let you freeze and die. So he is asking for weird, random things, and they have to do it. And this
1: they is they have to gather them. Yes.
0: And so with the reveal that Mr. Wilford is still alive, some people are very joyous he's alive, and other people are kind of upset that he's alive.
1: Or terrified.
0: And how does he feel with the fact that he was betrayed and now he's caught up with them? Because this is supposed to be his train.
1: He is... I don't want to say needless to say he's pissed, but needless to say, he's not super happy.
0: And played wonderfully by Sean Bean. So here's the question. Is he going to die this season?
1: Because Sean Bean dies all the time.
0: Yes, I hope he dies. I hope he gets decapitated again.
1: <laughs> it's a fun again.
0: Game of Thrones.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Or would it be, or is it going to be arrows like with Boromir? Because this world does use crossbows.
1: He does always die.
0: Yeah, he does. Or, or is it a satellite like in Goldeneye?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway. This introduces a bunch of because you have the 994 cars of Snowpiercer versus the 40 cars of Big Alice, which is the other um, sh- train, and we actually see they ex- in the opening sequence. Now it shows Big Alice's schematics. That's a supply train, and there are differences, but they don't have a lot of things. Like they have some advances in technology. They have better.
1: They have doctors that have just been on the. The,
0: the just yeah, just doing doctor stuff.
1: They have a brig. Yeah, they, there's way less people. There's like forty people or something on it. Yes, uh, rather than a thousand.
0: Yes, and they they don't have they only have one uh, foot uh, Jack foot, but this one something's wrong with them.
1: He reminds me of what's his name from with hmm? the with the kids that go find the pirate boat.
0: No, he does not remind me of he, sloth.
1: So okay, so he reminds me of sloths brother twin brother who took nothing but steroids and worked out every day
0: no he reminds me of and I hate to bring this up Dave Batista in the new movie that's coming out um dune he looks like Gibon the beast he is you release him to do something and he'll do it but he's a uh, potential he's
1: like a gladiator
0: but now we see how this dynamics gonna work And this first episode has set up a lot of stakes going on we have uh mr wilford wants his train back and he gets melanie says give me my train back but melanie's no longer in control now leighton is she's like
1: i would love to give you your train back can't do it not the one in charge
0: it's leighton's now in charge and it's this dynamic which is going to set up the whole season Uh, a couple of other things which we're going to talk about in the spoiler section but this is really a watch it now this is borrow friends uh account and watch it now it's really well done yes uh, definitely. So now, let's talk about the one I'm a little upset about. The Stand, episode six, The Vigil. Um, this is directed by Chris Fisher, and who did the last episode, and this is kind of the same thing as last time, where it kind of, circle. it's circling down the toilet slowly. Slowly circling down the toilet. Uh... Because a lot of things are really crappy about this, because we finally get the introdu- introduction of Trash Can Man. And why do they hire Ezra Miller? Cause they're crazy. So in the books and in the original miniseries, Donald Elson, the Trash Can Man, is a very nuanced and intelligent character who, yeah, he has mental problems, but he, he's he's mechanically inclined, he's creative, and he's got a story which it's heartbreaking and you sympathize with him. In this, he's got two minutes in the episode, and he is...
1: Crazy. Jacking off.
0: A naked, crazy person who humps things and... Is pleasures
1: himself retarded. while watching things blow up.
0: Yeah. Ezra Miller. Lovely. But that is. But the main story is broken into, as usual, it's broken into different parts. No more in medius res, which I'm kind of happy about. I'm happy that it's not just all flashbacks. I think the whole series should have been like this. But this episode is dealing with the fact that uh, Mother Abigail has disappeared. Everyone's looking for her and is going to set a vigil. And Harold and Nadine are setting up their machinations to finally accomplish their goal. Also, we have in New Vegas, we have... uh, Randall Flag is looking for the spy and the
1: all he can see is M O O N.
0: And he knows there's there's two spies left and he wants them both taken alive. And if someone screws up, well, something's going to happen.
1: Gonna kill him.
0: And this episode deals with that also. We get but we do get and we get Mother Abigail doing her 40 days and 40 nights in the woods. And it's actually a really excellent scene and there are great elements to this episode. But one, I'm, I am i got to say this. There's multiple characters in this. We should not have focused so much time on Harold as our main character.
1: Is he related to somebody? Like the director? I,
0: that's the only thing I can think of. It's because they give it. Someone said, oh, he's the best actor in the in the series. Like, the only reason why that is is because he's the only one they're fucking showing.
1: I also don't think he's the best actor in the series.
0: He's not. There's so many better actors in this, but they're focusing on him and they've they've shirt tailed so many characters so we get more of him. It's a 9 episode series and 6 episodes he's had the majority of the screen time. There are bet like he's creepy. Like I said last episode, it was all Randall Flag and it's nope, we're going to talk about Harold at the dinner party, that awkward dinner party. And this time it's him. I got to say it is very tense though when we found out what was going on. Also Nadine has a crisis of faith. I forgot about that. She has a bit of a crisis of faith. Yep. For a moment. Even though she's officially four, she had a moment of, well, we'll talk about that in spoilers. So this episode, the only reason why we're watching this at this point is to see where it goes. It's kind of, at this This episode is worth watching compared to the rest, but not by much. You're worth watch it once. Never again. I don't know where this is going to go, though. So now, because I changed it up a little bit, we're going to be going over two episodes of this next show. And what are we talking about? one division one
1: one division one one division
0: yes so episode one was based off of dick van dyke show which actually opened up with him walking through an ottoman and episode two called don't stop touch that dial directed by matt shakeman is based off of bewitched it has an animated opening and the the premise of this one is that Vision and Wanda have a talent show they have to work on. But oh no, Vision's going to get sick and wacky inc- uh, incidences are going to happen.
1: And he gets sick, but he like it, they make him look like he gets drunk. Yes. And I like how he gets quote-unquote sick.
0: It's funny and clever. In this episode, there's not much going on with the reveal of what it is. However... It does hint at some things. Also, we get a couple more color images and another commercial for a brand. This time it's for a watch. And then the second episode, or third episode rather, Now in Color, directed by Matt Shakeman again, is based off of the Mary Tyler Moore show. And this one focuses on the fact that Wanda's pregnant. And... Quickly. Her powers are out of whack. What shenanigans are going to happen now? woo woo and it, and it has a lot of tropes of the old shows where, you know, when a person is pregnant on a TV show and they don't want to show she's pregnant, she's behind the counter all the time or hiding herself with fruit. And they do that joke. And this episode sets a little more at stake. And more importantly than that, we see more of what's going on.
1: Yeah. The neighbors are chatting at the wall.
0: Uh, one neighbor is cutting hedges and then he's cutting into a brick wall. So the, The show is now gaining steam. In the end of the episode, we see what's going on, and we're now picking up steam. This this episode was fun, and the length is longer. And it's a color. And also, fun thing uh, the end of the last episode stretches to be full screen.
1: Yeah. So when you old television was more of 16 uh, by nine, Uh, 16 by
0: five. No, 4 by 5. 4 by 5.
1: Yeah, it was more of a square. And modern television is more of a rectangle. So when you watch old television shows, they sometimes stretch it. It gets pixelated. Um, But when they made it newer, they shrunk it down length uh, height wise and elongated it length width wise and made it modern. Like
0: this show definitely worth watching. Totally worth checking out. Also, one thing we forgot, in episode two, a new neighbor shows up.
1: Oh, also, also, side note, like, if you don't know all the Easter eggs, it's still fun, you still know stuff are, is going on, but if you're super into all of it, there's, everywhere you look, there's something.
0: Yeah, like crazy things.
1: So there's something for for the Gretas, and there's something for the Zans.
0: Definitely. So now the second to last episode we're going to be talking about, uh is uh oh shoot we forgot about that second to last episode we're talking about is the watch episode five not on my watch and this episode the show's getting better it's not as good as last episode but it's good this is officially lord Vetinari has told the watch that they have to interrogate gwayne sorry wayne his stage name is gwayne and captain vimes has decided to take gwayne on a walk to somewhere now everyone Isn't else will be in just charge. Wayne? He says his name is Wayne. Remember? Mm-hmm. Wayne.
1: But not Gwayne. It's Wayne. No.
0: According to legend, he's Gwayne, <laughs> And it's him dealing with the fact with making a decision that could totally change the watch. And meanwhile, the watch is trying to catch him. And then um, Carcer is trying to hire someone to get the sword. Yep. And this episode is Good. Okay, um, a lot again more cherry a uh, cheery emphasis on cherry uh, we get more about Sam Vimes and the fact that he's willing to protect his team by doing something truly is it noble or is it stupid?
1: It's noble yeah it's noble it's both it's stupid but it's noble.
0: yeah and it just well, I, I'm, I'm kind of stuck on what I want to say Because it's kind of hard Because there's so much to spoil about this show But
1: Yeah, I don't know how to talk about it Without spoiling it Yeah I like it though
0: So we're going to leave it at that I like it It's okay, it's not. It's worth watching once A lot of worth watching once is this week And then finally we have Zoe's Extraordinary Dreams Directed again by John Turleski. He's doing like every other episode he did the pilot episode, and then he did the, this episode, then he does the other episode. And this episode is dealing with the fact that Zoe is having nightmares. Mm-hmm. And she also has a new relationship with Max, and it's this nightmares are causing problems with that. Uh,
1: and I'm team Max.
0: Zoe's mom is trying to start doing work again, and she's in a funk because her husband's dead. And then we have more with... Um, Emily's sister, who's psychotic. And she's... would you say spirited?
1: I am hyperactive. Yes. Energetic. Crazy.
0: And then there's a a little bit of subplot with Max and Mo trying to get their uh, restaurant a final location. Yep. And?
1: And they're in business together. Which is tough for friends to do. So there's like the... The ever-present danger that there's going to be some kind of blowout there. Yes.
0: Also, um, to make things easier, Zoe has decides she's going to split up her duties among a bunch of people, and it ends horribly, horribly wrong. Um, first, she's trying. A lot happens in this episode, but it's this episode not as good as the other episodes this season. It's not as good as the last episode with the the let's go out to the ball game
1: i'll make love
0: to you
1: i like it all
0: yeah so but yeah worth watching uh once and that's it for this episode um i think that's it right yes uh so yeah if you like these shows let's know what you think what we missed um stay tuned for the spoiler section and as usual i'm Zen. i'm greta we're I'll catch you guys next time and keep watching tv see you bye this is the section for spoilers so if you have not watched any of these tv shows stop listening right now watch them then come back because we're going to be discussing a lot of deep dives with most of these shows so let's get to it shall we you ready yes so we're starting off with zoe's extraordinary dreams again directed by john terlesky and this one is pretty bad because her dream is she's locked in her house singing nowhere to run
1: And it's very artistic, it's very modern dance, very kind of cool and creepy.
0: Contemporary dance, and it's her trying to get out of the house and she can't. And so Max thinks it's because you need to leave. You have to abandon your mom and go back to your old apartment.
1: No, not abandon her, it's time to step away but it's and
0: her mom is not dealing really well with things.
1: She just lost her husband.
0: She's trying. And it's exactly. She's actually
1: doing better than you'd expect. Yeah.
0: It's just things are not going 100% and she has a interview and she's excited for that and
1: but it's also the first gig, the first job she's had with really without her husband.
0: So she's going to try it. And there's a guy there that's kind of charming who's in charge.
1: He's a silver fox.
0: Should I be jealous? No. Okay. Uh, anyway, so she's going to try that. And she ends up, he says she doesn't have the sparks she used to have. So that sends her into a spiraling depression. And it takes Jenna, who is... But it's
1: also kind of the kick in the pants that she needed.
0: It, no, Jenna's the kick in the pants she needed because she's crazy. Because they're like, oh, Jenna's so annoying. Jenna's so this. And Jenna's like, I'm going to wake you guys up, and I'm going to take pictures of you to put up to make but things. But she's
1: also the one that got her to step out of her comfort zone, try something different, look at it from a different viewpoint, and find her path forward on her own.
0: Yes. And so Jenna is a piece of chaos that drives them all crazy, but she's helping.
1: She's the necessary chaos that one needs.
0: And my bet is that this guy, because this guy's coming a little
1: little too
0: um, flirty. I think he's going to make a pass at Maggie. I really do. Just uh, a little yeah. much. Like, in her husband just died. And it's like, they have chemistry. And it's like, is she being bad or is he being bad?
1: I think sometimes it really does happen to where you don't realize you're flirting. Ah, uh, well. And that's kind of like, I think Maggie doesn't realize that that's what it is. I mean I could be wrong but
0: well but
1: I don't I, think I am.
0: Well, I don't know. We'll see how it goes with that for their story. For Zoe, it's just she's so stressed out because it turns out since she's the boss now, she has so much work and she's depressed and she goes to Simon and Simon's like, "Listen, you this is perfectly normal. Max doesn't get this." And it's true cuz Max doesn't get this. Max has never lost a parent. Simon's dad killed himself. And her dad just died, so he gets it, and he's a good shoulder for her to listen to. Also, he's now a but he company Max, uh, spokesman. So he and
1: Max are friends.
0: Which is equally kind of messed up, because Bro Code. Yeah. But Max is not being a good...
1: I'm going to say, yeah, like I know what Bro Code is.
0: He's not being a good boyfriend. He's not. He's like, oh, we're going to watch this the serial killer documentary, and I'm going to talk the entire time. And it's like, she's not doing well, and he's...
1: He's trying, though. He's making dinner. He's trying to engage her. He's being trying to be supportive. He's
0: trying to. And then when he's she's...
1: trying. It's just... She's pulled in a lot of different directions. She's got a lot going on with work. She's got a lot going on with home. She wants to be the best girlfriend, the best boss, the best daughter the best friend, and she's exhausted. She can't sleep. She's not taking care of herself. She can't be everything to everyone.
0: And she has a moment of just, she snaps. And it's because she decided in her infinite wisdom to make Tobin in charge of the company baseball team design. And he makes an image that's profane, and then he doesn't get rid of it. Everyone gets dressed up, and then they're screwing no, around. he
1: didn't make the image.
0: He designed it, and he purchased it. No, the...
1: It. The company he knew a guy. They helped him out, but he didn't. He didn't realize until he saw it. Until he couldn't unsee it.
0: Yeah, but he just got. But they're still screwing around, and she just snaps. And I do like that. It's a hard knock life is what they're singing because they're like, "You're treating us like shit," because she is putting. She's just being a bad boss, and she eventually says, "But she's not
1: being a bad boss. She's." But she she is you're she right is, she is being a bad boss. But
0: she's being a bad boss. By they were
1: also taking advantage of her.
0: True, but she and they she, knew it. She's mirroring her 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 emotions a little too hard. She's deflecting her emotions Again, on other people.
1: She's trying to be everything and everyone for everyone, and it's not you can't. Yeah,
0: and she listens to most, says you should be happy every day. It's like I can't be happy. She has to just she deal. tried. She She tried, and
1: she was doing really well, having a positive attitude, and choosing happiness. But, you know, her job comes back, and then there's, like, it's just not possible. Not possible.
0: So, long story short, she moves back home, and she has the same nightmares again. And the ending result is she needs to take time for herself and...
1: Take care of her own stuff.
0: She's not ready for a relationship, not ready for any of that, and Max... Well,
1: in her defense... She and Max went from zero to a hundred.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think it was a little too fast. And Max, like
1: they could have just dated. They could have just like, he was in it, in it. Instantly. He's been
0: waiting for a while. So it's like, he's been waiting and he just kind of, and he, he's been supportive and all. It just, it wasn't his, t- it wasn't their time. wasn't the moment. And just, they break up and he sings to her. Talked. T- uh, what's it? Talk to me. No, say something. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking because it feels so bad because Max has tried. But she also.
1: She's just shutting him out. No, but she's also putting it on herself. And she knows that she's not present. And she feels bad about it. She knows this. She knows that that's how he feels before he even sang that to her. But she couldn't do anything about it or fix it. And it just. I relate. I understand.
0: No, I get it. And I 100% get it. I just, it's like, it's just tragic to see how it ends. And I just hope that things work out for Zoe somehow. I mean, there's still Simon. Maybe she'll go back to have Max. I don't know.
1: I think she just, I think she's, she's in it to win it with Max. I think she just needs, girlfriend needs a break.
0: I think that the, the standout though is when everything does go to hell. It's like, uh, she made George in charge of the bar and he's like, I'm going to do a, a hard boiled eggs bar. And it's like, Oh she's God, like,
1: great. Go for it. Cost effective.
0: And he's like, oh, God, I didn't think of the ramifications of eggs being left out all day. It's like, kind of horrifying. And uh, what was the other song? There was, like, three songs this episode. There was Nowhere to Run, uh, Someone You Love, which was Maggie, and then uh, One Call Away from Jenna, which is when she knew that maybe Jenna's involved. She's like, I'm one call away to save the day. Anyway, so that is um, Zoe. So now on to Zabach. And with the watch, I gotta say, uh, crazy, because the whole thing is that last episode, Lord Venari told Sam, we want the sword so we can control the dragon, because if we're in control of it, no one can fuck with us. And she just, and he decides, you know what, because he's depressed about it, and he doesn't know what to do, so he's hanging out at the picture show, and he sees a commercial for Unseen Universities disposal program where you could drag stuff to be disposed of and he ends up going to this place and says I'm going to throw Gwaine into this lake which will dispose of it but the thing is if he does that what is going to happen to him
1: so he basically sets up everybody for if he dies what happens
0: and of course who doesn't listen Lady Ramkin and Cheery follow him because they know something's up
1: None of them listen to him.
0: No, nah, none of them do. But it's like, uh, Ang was in charge. And first what happens is, the watch is broken into by the Thieves Guild looking for the sword. They can't find the sword. And then Lord Vetinari is there. And he's like, where's Captain Vimes? Oh, uh, he took the prisoner out for a walk. I'll be back. Uh, soon.
1: And they're like, who went with him? Why does he need more people to take a prisoner out for a walk?
0: Mm-hmm. They don't know. And in the in the world where in the like the the desert where the lake is, we they have things that unseen university has brought in from the quote unquote round world, unique items like a transport vehicle with four four openings into it and a steering wheel, and then a walking thing, right?
1: And
0: a fabric dehydrator.
1: A walking thing that. Um where you don't actually go anywhere.
0: Yes, you stay in place and you walk. Seems like if you had one of those, you would be able to lose weight. Which I need to do. Har har. Yes, it is a treadmill, a washing machine, and a car. Because round world is our world. And the thing is, as they get closer to these weird round world things, they start seeing what's broken in them. And since he's with Lady uh, Sybil... She's seeing that all of her work is for nothing. Cheery is seeing his, her beard, because she's a dwarf. And,
1: and it's like strangling her and terrifying her.
0: And then Sam is seeing his past with Carcer. And how you can't do that, this is going to ruin life. And the only person who's able to help him, who he could hear, is Death. Who's stuck in the body of a dog, because... Weirdness. Because... Carcer finds out where they're going, he goes after them, and what stops him is the Lady of the Lake, who saves the sword, throws it back at them, and the best part is that when she throws the sword back at them, where does the sword land?
1: In his foot.
0: In his boots, which are $10 boots. And then Lady Rancum's like, oh, your boots, your $10 boots, what would have happened if you had expensive boots with steel toes? You'd be fine. That nice little jab from back then, but uh carcer takes the sword back and they have to find where the other artifacts are which apparently are hidden somewhere where only cheery knows so cheery knows where they are i don't know like not it's totally not faithful to the source material but it's doing something different and i gotta say this is an okay episode it's not as good as last episode there were no laugh out loud moments like wake me up before Before you you go, go go seeing death dancing around and they're all dancing none of that no reference to the auditors though uh, so, we will see where all that goes in the future.
1: It's in. It's interesting. This is a fun one.
0: It is. And now let's get to WandaVision. division. And first episode, like I said, Don't Touch That Dial, takes place in the 1960s. And they hear weird noises outside their house. And they're in two separate beds. And then because of Wanda magic,
1: they have one bed. Because she got scared.
0: And they have... 1960s sexy time which is turn the light off darling
1: and then pan with no noises
0: and so the next morning they're getting ready for their show they're gonna do a magic trick and he's gonna be illusion and she's gonna be uh
1: do you get it he's glamour he's illusion
0: instead of vision which is clever and uh she has to go beforehand to the meeting of the local Housewives Association to meet the Queen Bee. Who, I've got to admit, the Queen Bee is a little bit... Um, Have a bee. Well, she's led by Dot. It's led by Dottie, who's played by Anya from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And she's just a total bitch. But she's like that lady in charge of the community who, if you don't fall in line, she's going to give you shit. And when she goes there... She's dressed up in a pantsuit, and everyone else is in dresses and 1960s flair, and she ends up sitting next to a a black lady who doesn't remember her name at first and says, Oh, I'm Geraldine.
1: And then she was kind of really proud that she remembered her name was Geraldine.
0: And as they're sitting there, suddenly something changes. Uh, She hears a voice on a radio saying, Wanda, who did this to you? And then she's brought out of the memory, and then she goes back, and everything starts up again. Also, earlier, earlier, something we forgot, is she heard, as she heard a noise, she went to the bushes and found, it's black and white, but there is a red and yellow helicopter.
1: A helicopter?
0: A helicopter. A toy helicopter. And And
1: it's got like this...
0: It's got a sword logo on it.
1: Which we've seen somewhere before.
0: Yes, we have seen it before. In the last episode. And from here, we go to a commercial for a new watch, an amazing watch, a Swiss made watch. Yes, it is the Strucker by Hydra. Right?
1: By Hydra.
0: Yep, so the Baron Strucker watch by Hydra. You need the time you need? It's that. Dun 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 dun. Which is kind of crazy. And then the. Rest of the episode. Um, well, Juan is going to the women's meeting. He ends up going to the neighborhood watch meeting where they're like, What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Okay, cool. We'll let you in because you're cool. And hey, you want some chewing gum?
1: And he eats the chewing gum.
0: And it gums up his works quite literally.
1: Because he's a robot. So it goes in and gets stuck in his stomach. But what I like is instead of he, him getting sick or falling apart or just getting stuck and stopping, it's like he's really belligerently drunk.
0: And then, so he shows up to the talent show late, which they're saying is, for the children.
1: But everybody says, for the children. It's all creepy.
0: Creepy. So, that happens. And then, it opens up where... What was happening? Oh, yes. Uh, So, he comes out drunk, acts stupid. Wanda has to use her magic to save the day. Ends up getting the gum out. Everything's fine. They win the talent show for best comedy. And the episode ends, where they're at home relaxing. And... At first, and they hear a noise outside, and they walk outside, and you see a sewer grate opening, and a person in a beekeeper outfit pops out with the sword logo on his back. And Wanda is like, no. And then...
1: And that's what she says.
0: It rewinds back to the moment of when her and Vision are talking and about life and everything. And earlier, a moment like that happened... And Wanda was like, "Oh no no no! Everything's fine. Like, don't worry about it. Weird things. Nothing weird happening." And she looks down as they're talking, and she's pregnant,
1: as if by magic.
0: And then they touch, and then he starts turning red, and the red starts spreading down, and they get into color. And then the, and then the the sides, and then it's all pretty.
1: Yeah, the sides.
0: No no no! The next episode, the sides get this one's still kind of closed, but that is how the episode ends where they're in color and things are good and that's where the episode ends and then the next episode it opens up with instead of WandaVision da Vinja, with the cartoon of Wanda and Vision with those it's like Mary Tyler Moore with WandaVision it's got a whole song about we got something cooking Da-da. pretty much what is this song talking about
1: Having a baby.
0: Yep, having a baby. All the scenes are them putting together stuff. One and one make three, and when they meet the doctor, the doctor is like, "Uh, "Oh, you're you're definitely pregnant." In the beginning of the episode, and Vision, and she's like, "Oh, you're four months along." And Wanda's like, "Yeah, four months." And Vision's like, "Uh, what if it was overnight?"
1: How quickly does she become four months?
0: And he's like, "Oh, you're just a dad. Don't worry about it. You're just a dad." Sure,
1: I'm sure it feels like it's overnight. These things feel like they're fast.
0: And it was overnight. Like, we think it's like, it feels like months of the TV show, but it's literally two days. Every episode is a day, so they're, it's going that fast.
1: And all of a sudden she turns around, the baby's bigger.
0: She's bigger, he's kind of freaking out. uh, And
1: her powers are going wingy-wingy.
0: Are going completely crazy, Splash, splishing, splashing. He goes outside to, to walk the doctor out, and he sees his neighbor, Stu. He's like, hey, Stu, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Next time he looks at Stu, Stu, who is trimming the hedges, is now trimming the brick wall. like just, And he's like acting like it's perfectly normal. And something is wrong.
1: He's got that weird smile on his mouth like, I'm not making trouble.
0: Just like in episode one when we said, she was like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And you're like, it's like his eyes are saying something else. Mm-hmm. But, so while that's going on, Wanda's pregnant getting ready and she's trying to fix the place then they're trying to figure out how to get ready for the baby uh testing things out and then uh her powers go off and when she actually goes into labor funny haha the sprinklers go off because her, her water, water just broke. broke and then we get the commercial for the episode and it is uh what is i forgot it was the it was the hydra soak It is the Hydra Soak Luxury Bath Powder, because why why go in the past? Uh, be in a world of your own. Which is really hinting that this is something Hydra did. Because like I said, the first episode, it was, okay, it was the, sounds like the Iron Man uh, arc reactor, and maybe it's because the bomb, the second one, her because Strucker turned them into the twins with the powers, so this one's more maybe they're working for Strucker still. Who knows? We don't know. We don't know where it's going, but.
1: But we're here for the yeah. long haul.
0: Uh, Geraldine shows up. Oh, at one point Vision straight up asks her, "This feels weird." The thing with, with, Mister Hart, then the talent show, and then this, and as he's talking, suddenly it goes to from a single camera angle, like a regular three camera TV show. To modern camera techniques, so like she's been broken out of the the movie thing, and you see her kind of look scared for a second, and then it rewan- it just blinks, and it goes back to the moment of when he's first talking, and everything's fine. Yep. And then Geraldine shows up, and the pregnancy is like, oh no, she's giving birth. Oh she's no. like
1: hiding the pregnancy from her, and she really can, and then all of a sudden she can't. She's like, Wanda, you're pregnant.
0: And she, and she gives helps give birth. And meanwhile... And it's twins. Yes. They're fighting over the names, uh, Tommy and Bill. Billy, which are the name of the twins. in the, They're twins in the actual comics, so it makes sense. Uh, also, the doctor was going on vacation, and they need the doctor. Turns out the doctor, his car wouldn't start. It's almost as if he can't leave.
1: And they say, he's like, well, maybe we just won't go on vacation, because it's really hard getting out of here really hard getting out of
0: here she gives birth to the twins they walk they walk out and then he sees the two uh neighbors agnes and the the guy was stew talking and he's like oh hey uh what are you guys talking about and they get quiet and i like well is she with geraldine well geraldine's a little different you know new in town no job no husband no home So like she's out there and geraldine is talking to wanda and wanda at first is all like oh my two kids and then she starts singing her former voice her accent goes away from transatlantic to her sokovian accent and she starts singing a sokovian lullaby and she tells geraldine's like i was a twin you know my brother pietro and she gets a smile stops and she stops and geraldine says he was killed by ultron
1: she goes what did you say
0: oh, I said that you're such an amazing person for watching your two, your, these two kids. Do you want me to watch them for you? It's like, You did what?
1: so wonderfully.
0: It's like, what did you say? And what is that? On her neck, there is the sword logo. And Vision is kind of, something's up. You know something's up. He walks in and you just see Wanda in the room alone with the two babies. He's like, where's Geraldine? Oh, she went home. As but she,
1: the neighbors had just said that she doesn't have a home.
0: And as she says that, you see the screen going widescreen. And then we see a town surrounded by barriers in a weird bubble. And out of the, the bubble flies Geraldine, who lands on the ground boom, in, the, in the hippie clothes, sparkling with red energy. And you hear, Nima a Tell it what it means <laughs> to be a... Daydream Daydream, believer, believer and uh. so it's this is so something is up, and there's a bunch of people around this bubble observing, so we have to see what's going on, right? Yes, kind of horrified, and I'm excited to see where this goes. I think the next episode should explain what's going on, though. I hope it does, anyway, right? Right, either that or it's gonna be a weird format from the 90s because it's going in order. So, no, 80s, it's gonna be an 80s show. So, I'm curious what 80s show they're gonna parody gonna have to wait and see but yeah so this one is definitely worth watching because it's building up in suspense and making more sense and for those of you think it's slow well have some patience enjoy the fact that it's it's faithfully making fun of all these shows with all the tropes and all the little things like it felt like a 70s tv show
1: yeah they did an awesome job i like it
0: paul bettany has great timing as the oh no He's like, oh, she's (gasps) pregnant. It's like, calm down. (laughs) She's like, calm down, Biz.
1: Which was sweet. It was sweet to see.
0: Yeah, they're they're, they're a cute couple. They have great chemistry together. And I do like that they have great chemistry. So next we have the vigil and the stand. And I got to say, this episode had a lot of issues with it. Because it's setting up that um, Harold and Nadine are going to blow up. Cause a bomb to blow up, and they're gonna blow it up at a vigil at Mother Abigail's house because they're looking for Mother Abigail. Everyone's gonna be there, so why not kill everybody instead of just killing the council? And they go there. They're set to go. We get more about Ray, who I ha- hate to say it, but Ray, I don't like her. Ralph was a nice, sweet guy who was like, "Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm just a cowboy who who's friends with Nick," and Ray is. Fuck you. You know, like, I'm, I'm worried about Mother A. And just kind of abrasive.
1: Aggressive.
0: Yes. Doesn't take shit from anybody. She seems like she was changed for gender just because. Not with a purpose in mind. And she just isn't really, like, she's giving shit to, to Nick and Stu. And Nick is, like, lost. And Stu, he's been looking for her for two days he's dead tired and as he's getting ready to go to bed who shows up harold saying uh you said that the three o'clock watch is going to happen so they're going to look again for her meanwhile in the woods you have mother abigail alone talking to god and she's like i know i did something to offend you lord but i'll stay out here till you need me and who shows up but Randall flag and we finally get a conversation between these two And I've got to say, this was never done in the book, but this conversation is well done. It's a great sequence just of, you know, it's good, the the good and evil avatars talking to each other. And the evil avatars trying to be like, you're not going to win. Why don't you let me help you? And she's like, no, It's like, don't tempt me, devil. And Whoopi does a really good job in this scene.
1: She does. She does a very good job in this scene.
0: And so does Alexander Skarsgård. He does a great job in this scene also. And he has uh, a great moment later. But So that is going on. Then going back to the council, uh, you have the vigil. You have the fact that Harold almost takes a shot at uh, Stu because he has Stu dead to rights because Stu's so tired. He sits down. Harold's behind him. Harold pulls out a gun, but he's just too scared to kill him. And while this happens, Franny is like, you know what, I'm just going to go in his house and find out what's in that basement. I don't care. And and her her thing is, oh, remember that time that Franny went crazy on pregnancy hormones? She's like
1: talking it through, making it okay.
0: And when she gets downstairs, first thing she sees, which is not okay, is she sees Harold's little surveillance setup, And sees her bedroom. She's like horrified. But then she finds a hidden room where the bomb was built... And Harold's manifesto, which in the book is his ledger. And it's actually printed out all the things for his ledger explaining what happened. And this is not from the book at all. But as she's reading it, she turns around and Harold's there. And it's a great interaction where she's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, you left me behind. This was supposed to be my adventure. You and me together. And this went to hell because of Stu fucking Redmond. And I'm going to make it pay. And she's like, listen, we didn't leave you. And she's trying to help him still. Even though she knows she fucked up. Yes it's not a, oh, you're better than you. It's she actually wants him in her life because she is, he's a link to her past. Yes. And at first you think he's going to listen, but in the end, he just slams the door, locks her in and says, save your screaming for someone who will listen, not that there'll be anyone to listen. And he runs off because he's going to blow up the bomb. Meanwhile, Nadine, who dropped the bomb off.
1: Who literally dropped the bomb off.
0: Yep. It's going to be hidden inside the piano that I talked about last episode. She uh, sees Larry, and Larry says uh, he'll watch Joe and then bring him to the vigil. And she's like, why would you bring him to the vigil? Because she knows there's a bomb there, but she realizes kids are going to be there. And she's like, why would you do that? The kids are going to be... And she kind of makes it that the kids don't be there. So she's not willing to kill the kids. More importantly, she's not willing to kill Joe. Yes. And so he's gonna pick. she's going to pick him up, and later on they have the conversation... Larry admits he's an asshole and that he didn't mean to do that because he does care about her and it's a nice moment of him being good but then he go sees her leave, goes to call and to see what's going on. His walkie's dead. Someone removed the batteries.
1: But they didn't just remove the batteries. They also cut the wires that would connect the batteries to it.
0: Yep. And then he goes to his bike. His bike has been cut. So he can't get to the vigil. So if you think about Uh, Harold and Nadine say the two people they loved. Yep. From the explosion. And then Nadine drops off Joe at the school where they're watching Time Bandits. I thought that was awesome. They're watching Time Bandits, especially it's the monologue from Evil.
1: So appropriate.
0: She abandons him and they end up blowing it up. Um, But Mother Abigail is found by Joe because he has a psychic premonition with the shine. And the only person who dies unceremoniously is Nick, who finds the bomb.
1: Who's one of the best characters? They
0: did him wrong in this entire series. They just did him wrong. It's, he's a great character. they just yeah, I just I'm really pissed at what they did with him with those. That ends there. Now the last part is Vegas, what's going on in Vegas, which is, as I said, two spies left, Judge Ferris and Tom. No one, you can't see Tom, but he you knows just Ferris is there and says, Listen, when she shows up, I want her alive.
1: Those seem like specific instructions.
0: Tell your border guy, and he's like, Well, my border guy is there, you know, shoot first, ass later. He's like, Alive. And you hear his real voice.
1: Like, No excuses. Make it happen.
0: And the next scene we see Spoiler, in Vegas. He didn't make it happen. No, the next scene you see a, one of the. The coolest actors ever show up, and he—I'm really happy that they picked this guy. But he would have been a better uh, Lloyd than the guy that, than Nat Wolf. Nat Wolf is a terrible Lloyd. He's a really shitty Lloyd. The guy they got—what uh, is the guy that they got? What is the actor's name? It's—hold uh, on, I'll tell you right now. Uh, Clifton Collins Jr. Um, I remember him from a bunch of movies, but the one I really remember him from is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. He's part of the vegan police. But he is one of the border guards Bobby Terry and he's an asshole. And he's brought up with the dead body because of Judge Ferris who's an old 90 pound lady and he says oh she came up with me she was trying to kill me. And Lloyd's like if that's what happened you'll be fine. And they bring him bring him in to Flag. And Flag's like you tell me and Lloyd interrupts him he's like he gets mad and Lloyd says I'm sorry for interrupting you and he's like You're forgiven. See? Was it that hard? Was it that hard? If you take responsibility for your actions, you'll be forgiven. Now, you're saying this lady tried to attack you? Someone attacks my men? I will. uh,
1: Expect. I'll expect them
0: to defend themselves. So, do, do you have anything to be sorry for? And Bobby Terry, after a minute, just flips him off, walks out, locks the door. And in the book.
1: He flips off the devil. He.
0: In the book, he when he kills Judge Ferris, Randall Flagg just shows up and says an iconic line, which is, you done screwed up, Bobby Terry. And in this scene, you see Bobby Terry lock them into Randall's room and run to the elevator to hit down, hit down, hit down. And you see the scene is, they kept that line. It's so great. You see him say, Bobby Terry, you done screwed up. And he just blows up the door. And is just walking. The walking dude is walking after Bobby Terry while he's trying to get the elevator. And then the elevator closes right in front of Randall Flag, And he's like, I'm safe. I'm safe.
1: He's not safe. And
0: then you hear, whoop. And he looks down. And who's on the floor?
1: There's a dog.
0: No, there is Randall Flagg. Oh, yeah. And then we see in the elevator, he proceeds to...
1: There's just blood squirting everywhere. He
0: beats him and rips out his heart. And he walks out. He says... I want to tell hospitality. I'm sorry for making such a mess. And hospitality's like,
1: we're on it. It's okay. We're on it.
0: Get get our best cleaners, especially that big guy, Mister Moon. It's like Mister Moon. Like what? Show me Mister Moon. Like,
1: M O O N.
0: And earlier, the person in charge of hospitality spelt out, told uh, him what was on the piece of paper that was given to him by Dana, which is run. Because he found the word. The word was on one of the machines. He's like, what does this word mean? He's like, run. Run, farce, Run, you idiot. And so Tom knows he's in trouble. Because he also saw um, Julie. And he's like, oh, God. She's, he's, he recognized Julie. And he knows something's wrong. So how's he going to get out of here? How's he going to get out of here? Well, beforehand, one of the guys said, listen, put the bodies in the truck. Because I trust you, big guy. And then leave the keys on the driver's seat. And you think... Oh, he's going to steal the car. Off. No. Tom hides in the bodies. Tom and he
1: does cr- his job.
0: He does his job. And he
1: leaves the keys where they're supposed to be left. He does his job. He does what he's supposed to do, which is brilliant because then he's not going to be there's no fingers pointing his way. Yeah. If the truck would be missing, they knew who would taken it. But then he climbs into the dead bodies.
0: And there and he says, "Tom, we just or all right, Mr. Moon, we just want to talk to you. And you see him under all the bodies crying. This And he, this, he does such a great job. Uh, Brad William Hank does such a great job as Tom.
1: He's my favorite.
0: And the ending is they're driving off and he escapes.
1: He's my favorite, Tom Collins. But,
0: yeah, so this episode ends where uh, he escapes. Randall Flag is really pissed off. Uh, oh, and we did not talk about uh, Trash. We'll talk about him in a moment. Uh, the ho- Mo- mother Abigail's house was blown up. A bunch of people were injured, including, well, Nick is dis- evaporated in the first section, and because she had to, uh, Franny had to escape from uh, Harold's basement and run all the way there. She was close to the blast, so she's injured. So the baby might be hurt, and mother A, mother Abigail, has spent three nights in f- freezing cold, so she's dying. Maybe so things do not look good. And going back to Trash Can Man, who, like we said, was jacking off in the fucking, in front of a fucking fire. Who eventually sees the Dark Man with, my life for you. But not in the, my life for you that Matt Frewer did in the 20, the 1994 version. Just as his weird animal noises. Is eventually told by Randall Flagg, you need to get me the big one at a secret base. That's where you go. And he just screams and acts like an idiot. And Lloyd has a moment of jealousy. And I'll be honest, Lloyd is is coming off like a really... Like, he's coming off as a gay weirdo.
1: He's not gay.
0: He's coming across like gay for Randall Flagg.
1: Well, Randall Flagg has that... Charisma. Yeah.
0: So I'll admit that this series has had a lot of ups and downs with it. Like, the fact that it started in medias res and kind of... Instead of doing a straightforward linear narrative... It went all over the place, was kind of a detriment to the series. And this episode actually has a lot of beneficial qualities to it. Like the fact that we did get that sequence between Nadine and Larry, where it's kind of another moment of maybe she'll change things around. And when she does save him, it shows that she's not completely heartless. Also, she didn't want to kill the kids. It wasn't a moment of, kill them all!
1: She doesn't want to kill the kids, but she also doesn't want to leave anybody there to help the kids either.
0: That is true. And also, we had the scene with Harold and Franny, where that is a great sequence. And I do like the fact that this episode was linear, but they rushed a lot of things. They changed a lot around. And we didn't even... And Lloyd, I hate to say it, like, they did detri- they did really Lloyd really wrong. Like, he's supposed to be a character who's getting into his own, and he comes across as a bumbling, Yes, yes, sir. Whatever you want, sir. He's an Igor.
1: But he's also like, I don't know. I don't want to be derogatory to Jersey, but he's very stereotypical Jersey Shore, like what you reality show, give him a little bit of power, put him in Vegas. like Without all the working out.
0: Going in, to comparing this to the original TV series, the one from the 1990s, Miguel Ferreira went from, I'm just a, a scummy guy to, I'm wearing a suit. I'm like, in
1: I am, I'm important. I have a job. Like,
0: when I showed you this, the clips of him, he looked like he's, like, he's a little, like, unsure of himself, but he still has a presence. This is not that at all. And, I don't know. I think that despite these positives, oh, also the scene with Randall and Mother Abigail. That's a great sequence, because that is good versus evil. And the fact that he's trying to tempt her, saying, well, listen, I know you just want to not wake up. And I could take you to a place where he will never find you.
1: And she's like, no, not having it.
0: Because God will always find me. Because her faith in God is so good. And this is a great religious sequence. It's just really well done with power of faith versus temptation. And it's well done. It's a great sequence.
1: Yes, agreed. And,
0: and we do have to talk. And also the sequence with uh, with, uh with Bobby. <laughs> with Bobby Terry. That is a great sequence. It's horrifying, but it's great. And with actually, there is a lot of really good things with this. We've been shitting on it just because of Harold, but it's actually a pretty good episode. Now that I think about it, there are some really great elements to it. It's just something's off about it.
1: Yeah, I and I get the pyro, te- the pyromaniac guy, Trash Can Man. But
0: he 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 brings. It, it just down.
1: feels like they went a little too grotesque for me.
0: Yeah, I do like the fact that he's burnt up. I like the, his design, but just he's an insane character. Uh, don't all. get
1: me wrong. I don't I don't mind grotesque. I don't mind gritty. Like. But it just, it felt like it's excessive.
0: Yeah, this episode just seems... To me. Like, I think that the main thing is that it's so Harold-focused. It just, all the other good parts wash away because you're so fixated on Harold, Harold, Harold. It's like all the other stuff, they're great elements, but then it just says, we're going to focus on Harold. And that's really annoying. Yeah. We got three episodes left, and... Better than that, we're actually having a different director for the next two episodes. Because every two episodes is a different director. And Chris Fisher gave us the two of the weaker episodes of the series, I think. He gave us both Vegas episodes. And Vegas does not come across evil enough. It comes... It's just... Because the book describes it. If you take drugs, they're going to crucify you. This is no... it's You know, you got girls uh, having sex with other girls who are dildos. You got gay guys. You got people doing coke off people's asses. Yeah. It just This is the weaker episode. Next week is The Walk, which is officially the beginning of the end. One of the most iconic parts. This is the part which is compared to Lord of the Rings. It's going to be directed by Vincenzo Natali. And the best part is that the teleplay, the script for the episode was written by Owen King, who wrote Lock and Key
1: Ah
0: and Nosferatu.
1: Ooh. So
0: this might be a good episode to get things back on track. Uh, how's it going to end? Well, what we do know now is that the house is blown up and Nadine and Harold are running away.
1: But they also they think like all the adults are dead, except for the two that they left locked up.
0: True. So we'll see how that goes. And now let's get to the show, which it's the premiere for that we started this podcast on, Snowpiercer, Season 2, Episode 1, The Time of Two Engines. And would you say this episode gets off running? Yeah. (laughs) Because it opens up where you have Alex, who is uh, Melanie's daughter, if you remember. She shows up and says, listen, we're going to keep you here until you get these items we need. Because Big Alice isn't as potent as Snowpiercer. And what's on this wonderful list that she's asking for?
1: A couple cucumbers, a hen, some booze, morphine.
0: A bunch of just very random things. So they have to send And you runners. called it. The thing is, it felt so weird. It's like, oh, maybe he's going to make a salad. Maybe he's going to do this. And I'm like, the way that he's been described, I'm like, he's going to do something really stupid with these.
1: And he, Zan looked at me with, and then he pretend put two cucumbers on his eyes and leaned back and pretended to drink a drink. And then what happens in the next scene?
0: When we finally meet... Mr. The,
1: Wilford.
0: He is drinking a cocktail. and the
1: With is, cucumber slices on his eyes and a beautiful bathtub.
0: And we see it's pretty bad what's going on because as long as Big Alice is pulling backwards, Snowpiercer isn't moving. And because the perpetual engine keeps them warm... They got like,
1: it's not pulling them backwards. It's not moving. It's, they're dead in the water. Right.
0: And so because of that, they are stuck and they're freezing. And you see, one of them has a clock and the clock isn't a clock. It's a a thermometer. And like, we're at negative 10 now. Yeah. It's getting slower and slower. They get the things, they give it to, um, Alexandra. She thanks them, closes the door. And then Layton's like, listen, here's the deal. We're under martial law. Uh, Ruth, the thing is, are you with us or with them? And Ruth's like, my main thing is Snowpiercer. So it seems like Ruth has changed a little bit, even though because this thing with Mr. Wilford kind of shocked her.
1: Kind of shocked her.
0: She's still pissed off, but she's willing to help out. Also, she finds out that Layton's, uh, you know, from last season, his ex-wife is pregnant. And this is like the first baby on Snowpiercer in a long time. That
1: changes everything. Suddenly
0: she's like, this is hope. We're going to take you to the front, the top, to the front level. Here, two keys for you. Uh, who owned this? Oh, they killed themselves when you took over. It's fine. It's like, she's
1: like, there's privilege that comes with being pregnant.
0: And with being in charge. And so they have an understanding at this point. As long as she's kept in the loop and she's in charge of hospitality, she won't cause a problem. However, Leighton is also saying, listen, the Taley car is now the border. We have to protect it. And we have to find out what happened to Melanie. And Melanie, when she was locked... she Last episode, at the end, she's locked outside of Snowpiercer, freezing to death because her suit is damaged. And she ends up getting there, finding out that, one, there's fresh snow. It's snowing. Which isn't supposed to happen because it's supposed to be super below zero. It's
1: supposed to be way too cold to snow. And yes, if you live somewhere that's warm, it can be too cold to snow.
0: So it is snowing... Which is crazy. So she collects some fresh snow. And then she has one C4 pack to save them. And so she could blow up the the train, I'll do it, but she ends up putting it on a specific part of the engine underneath. Train starts moving, she ends up going into the back, and in the back they immediately open the door for her, let her in, say, strip off your stuff, and let's see what's go and then drop all your weapons. And then they put want to put her in a Kigu. They had a Kigurugi, which is hysterical. It's a unicorn Kigurugi. she's like, no, I'll put on the, the suspenders. And then she meets Mr. Wilford, who is... She
1: doesn't meet Mr. Wilford. She's she brought to him. She sees him again.
0: And she sees his employees who recognize her. And the first thing they do is they, they smile. The guy's Roger. He smiles at her, pulls out a taser and zaps her and says, that's for leaving us to die. And he's they're all really pissed at Melody. And like, then, really pissed. She walks into Mr. Wilford's room, and you see he is dressed to relaxing. And she, actually, first she meets his dog, Jupiter.
1: But she knows the dog,
0: and the dog knows her. And dog is very first. Happy.
1: He's, no. It, I thought that was really sweet. At First, the dog's like, Grr, and she's like Jupiter. And then you can see him perk up, and he's like, "Hey, it's my mama. I but, know you."
0: And he's like, "I wish he was. I thought he was going to eat you." He's like, "Well, let me look at you." It's been a couple of years And then he explains how he survived And then Alexandra shows up And she's like oh my god You're, you're alive Because her whole drive has been You can't hurt me Because you've taken everything from me And her daughter is alive And she's like I mean, like you left me and died like no I sent people to help you And we find out Why didn't you go with the people I sent for you And the reason why she did, she didn't Is because her grandparents didn't, didn't. want to leave So it's technically her grandparents fault but Mr. Wilford has twisted it to let Melanie left to steal. She's the bad guy. When Melanie's thinking more about the people and Wilford, obviously, as we see when he gets the food, is thinking about himself.
1: But... Because he built this to be his...
0: Grand hurrah.
1: His luxury. his hum- His humanity.
0: His world.
1: Right. He goes, this is it this is everything humanity's done
0: and he expected just to go on and hurrah and she knows things are getting better he doesn't want to listen to her he's like this is it there's nothing else like but i found doesn't matter i want my train back and she's like i can't give it to you you were in charge it's like what i made him believe you were still alive but now i've been overthrown i'm not in charge anymore
1: it's not my train to give
0: which is which he's kind of smug about now uh, also, we find out more about the tech that he's brought, because he spent three years hiding, getting everything ready, just planning and plotting. Like, he has two mad scientists who have the same name who are completely crazy. Well,
1: it's cause, aren't, I thought that's because they were a married couple.
0: I don't know if they're siblings. I think they're siblings. I don't think that they're married. They're just weird.
1: I took it that they were a married couple.
0: But either way, they're, like, truly psychotic. But they're geniuses. Like, they rip off, they take off her bandage and see that she has severe frostbite. And they were kind
1: of excited about the the dead skin that was there. Um, and they pulled it off. They're like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And then they get this magic stuff, which reminds me. The that They call it goop. Um, is that a nod to, what's her name? No. Um, but it reminds me of the super Neosporin they had in Hunger Games. Yeah,
0: it does. But it's essentially artificial skin, which is going to fix things up and heal and her it up. it
1: doesn't hurt. She won't even scar.
0: They're really good at their job. But also we see... Some... And
1: and they're like happy to help her. They're just kind of creepy about it.
0: No, because at first, like, we thought you were dead. And they're like like happy that she's alive. But they're kind of creepy. And the, also this ship is filled with a couple of workers. You have all the hospitality that's there. And then you have one jackboot. Who's kind of nightmarish. He looks like the mountain from Game of Thrones.
1: Yes. That's who I was trying to relate him to. And so, well, this what is... What did I say? I said he was like the guy from the Goonies.
0: Yeah, you say he's like Sloth. No, he's the mountain.
1: But he, but I still think he looks like... Okay, everybody, if you're watching this, if you haven't watched it yet, he looks like
0: Sloth on steroids. No, he, his eyes aren't deformed, though. He looks like the mountain. He looks like an angry wrestler who's white, and he has a bunch of scars that no one has ever seen before. Something's up with that. They don't know what. However, Layton, in the clip you know, we see, in the future clip, the promo later, but we see Layton decides he's going to try to get Melanie back because they hold, they're holding Melanie hostage. He's going to do an invasion. And we also find out because everyone's favorite taily trader figured out that they'll barter because they don't have any fresh fruit. So he bartered for a bunch of weed. He gave an apple, a potato, and he's like, me have potato. You give good stuff. And like, I speak English, you idiot.
1: But I like that Leighton goes back into the train and he's like, you smell that? What? Who's smoking weed?
0: <laughs> and of course it's him smoking weed. And they say, we're going to go in. And he comes, knocks on the door and says, I got a fresh mango full of mango goodness. And, and then
1: one guy looks at the other guy and he goes, you want a mango?
0: And he's like, no, no, no. He'll kill me if he does. And then he's like, all right, fine. And he gets grabbed and taken and they invade. And they're actually slaughtering. They are winning and they're taking up three cars. And then they release the mountain. This guy who, well, I forgot his real name, but he's just super scary. Beats up everybody. Doesn't kill anybody, but he's straight up just pushing them back. And then he turns a knob and cold air comes out. And we've seen that this cold air within 10 seconds will...
1: Freeze an entire limb of a person.
0: And he's perfectly fine. It's kind of horrifying. He's a monster and he just pushes them out and locks the door. And they bring up, they tried to invade, they got in, and he's like, what do I do? He's like, really pissed. He's like, you're going to do this? Fine. I'm going to freeze them all. And when you're all dead, Melanie, you're going to have to compost all of them. That's what we're going to do. That'll be your job. Because he is so bitter and angry, and we find out Alexandra is his engineer, takes after her mom, and she's saying, listen, if you do this, this is not going to end well. You're going to kill a bunch of innocent people. And And
1: that will be on your conscience.
0: And she's still pissed off at her mom, but she does it, and then we find out what that bomb was for. She's like, "I don't. I wouldn't do that far as you. Trust me, you don't want to do that." And She does like wrong choice, and the bomb goes off, and she explains her th- plan because she said, "I told you not to modify that. There was a problem with that. If it, if there was an explosion, so now the two cars are fused together,
1: forever linked.
0: So now we're up to from 994 to." 1,036? 994? 994
1: plus 40.
0: That's 1036, right? Yeah. Math, I know it now. Hooray! But yeah, so that ends where now they're officially at detente and they have to work together to survive this. And the last line is, one, uh, Ruth is really pissed off she was kept out of the loop. So I think she's going to betray them all. She doesn't realize that he's psychotic and you have Leighton being like, this is going to be a long cold war. Cause now it's both sides versus each other. And I don't know where this is going to go. I mean, at least we now have an official big bad and it's Sean Bean and he does a great job. He is eating every scene he's in. What I think is going to happen is that they're eventually going to want Melanie back in charge because Melanie actually gives a shit.
1: Well, you also think that Sean Bean is going to die because he dies in everything that he does,
0: um, except for Silent Hill. He's died in everything. That's not a. That's what he's hired for.
1: To die.
0: So I don't know. Uh, next episode is going to be called Smolder to Life. So I don't know where it's going to go. I do know we have a bunch of new characters that are going to be on besides Sean Bean. Um, there's some new characters from the second car who've shown up. And we've lost a lot of characters. Like, uh, oh, the bad, the big guy's name is Icy Bob.
1: Icy Bob.
0: And then there's Sykes, the head of security, who's a complete bitch. Oh. Yeah, and then the Hay- the Doctor's Haywoods. Oh, they are husband to wife, apparently.
1: See? I knew it.
0: And then there's Kevin. So, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, we do know, though, they but did... But they're
1: amazing doctors. Yeah. Crazy, but... Efficient.
0: But one of the big questions is the six cars that they lost were all the educational stuff and it was an observatory. So how are they going to mitigate that now that that lane is gone? Are they going to have the education now in Wilford's car? Could. Which is now more brainwashing. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see where this all goes. I'm just very excited to see where the season goes. This is definitely a really f- watch now. So now... After that, let's get to Prodigal Son, and (laughs) he is really pissed at his dad.
1: Like, super pissed.
0: Like, he understands, like, his dad taught him how to do this, but he's, Malcolm is very upset at this situation. Uh, Ainsley is leaving her mom, but they know that something's up because her mom's like, oh, she can move out, no problem, I'll help her move out. And like, what's going on? Nothing, everything's fine. he's like, why are there 10 missed calls from Gil? What's going on? Nothing, nothing, What are you avoiding? She's avoiding the fact that last episode she heard Dana tell Gil that she's poison. Which is kinda of hurting, but they would have she but Gil would have made her a better person, I think.
1: Yes. Agreed. Yeah.
0: And other part is we have TJ JT dealing with the fact that one, his wife is late by a week. And two, he has he hasn't made any forward momentum in if he's gonna sue the cop who tried to choke him and he's not doing anything because he knows that if he does this it's going to escalate the situation and they're going to cause problems
1: like it's not going to make it better what is he going to do because he's got to do something about it
0: because in the last episode they did try to choke him and because they said oh you're a black guy, put your hands up he says I'm a cop no no no, put your hands up And it's showing the current tension going on in the world which is true it's kind of a big and he
1: called him boy
0: yeah but those are shitty cops anyway those are shit those are shitty shitty cops well yeah uh, a lot of those those none but so the big crazy thing was that oh and we forgot dr whitley now has new privileges because he's been such a good boy he could go outside <laughs> well i
1: like this so there's a scene when there he's outside um and he's like it smells like urine out here And he goes that's because of the urine <laughs> yeah it's like he can go outside but it's still not nice
0: yeah he's being he's on a tether ball rack and there's a bunch of other people that's like they there. literally
1: took tether poles like if you've ever played tether ball and chained them to the tether ball pole yeah
0: and he's helping him with this case, which is, as I said, a priest got mur- exa- exanguinated and hung- was hung upside down, exanguinated, and they wrote a bunch of evil runes around because apparently he used to be an exorcist. The the they won't talk about it, though, and they said that we cannot give you any information because that's priest privilege, which pisses Bright off very much because Bright is kind of an atheist.
1: But he studies and appreciates religion, like he knows all of the.
0: It's just things have not been well, and there's a young nun who is helping out, who's was the assistant of the priest, and there's a painter who's helping retouch up these old paintings from Victorian era, not Victorian era, from the Romance period. And they're just fixing it, and that's they're confused as to what's going on. So they have a bunch of different potential suspects. One of them is a recent exorcism individual who believes he's possessed. There's a whole sequence involving salt, which is really well done. And I love that he gets chewed out by Gil afterwards. Like saying, what the hell's wrong with you? I just had to see something. What the hell's wrong with you? Uh..." And he, they figure out, a lot of stuff happens. But you figure out that the bad guy is actually the painter. He's been infused with lead from the paint. It's driven him mad. And he's like completely out of his fucking mind. They say, listen, has he gone crazy? Yeah. Lock him in a room. What if I'm locked in the room with him? Okay. Well, you're going to need to.
1: And then one guy goes, he's going to (laughs) die.
0: Because they have a consult in this episode. There's another character. It is Father Bob, who is a former priest who went completely crazy. Uh, he killed like 20 parishioners and he studied some of the more interesting parts of religion. And also it brings it to one cool part that you never remember about religion that most people who are atheists forget. They said, oh, religion is not anti-science. Like, no. A lot of the science that's been developed was from priests. Mm-hmm. Genealogy was from priests. Um, surgical techniques, they used it for things. Like they believed that for exorcism, you would bleed people out. And?
1: and at one point he, he has to do this.
0: He has to give an exorcism because the guy's freaking out and he thinks he's possessed by a demon. So Bright is on the and phone. And Bright's
1: like, but it's not real. He's like, it, his psychosis, it doesn't matter if it's real or not. If he's, if it's real, it works. If it's his psychosis, he's so deep in it, then it'll still work.
0: And he has to believe He's like, believe it. And he has to do the whole rite of exorcism. Uh, um, and the power price compel you, all of that. And he he ends up speaking a little bit to a priest, saves the day. Uh, however, they need backup because things are going wrong. JT calls the lines, says, "Listen, this is Major uh, Lieutenant Armel from Major Crimes. We need backup." And on the other line, you hear, "Get off the line. This is for real cops. It's felony to pretend to be a cop." So things are very, very bad. And very, very bad. It's. I hope they sue them, but I hope that this is resolved. But I don't think it's going re- to be a big plot for the season. Uh, end of the episode, he talks to his dad again and says, you're the reason why things are wrong, Dr. Whitley. You're my major problem. We're not going to talk again. And now, doc, uh, the surgeon is really pissed about that. He's like, I have to get out of here. My son needs me. My family needs me. I have to get out of here. And Father Bob's like, well, you know, I have a... a Bible study you could join, we're really focused on Exodus. Yep. So yeah.
1: So there's gonna be a prison break.
0: So we have Martin wanting to escape. We have we have Malcolm trying to just deny his dad at this point. Ainsley is moving out, and there's something wrong there. And we didn't forget to mention that Jessica finally talks to Gil and she admits that she because she married such a horrible person because she's so damaged she doesn't want to ruin the one good thing in her life which is gil but she doesn't get that like this is going to come as a problem later because she's gonna be like everything's fine and it's like no it's not you just rejected this guy who actually really cares about you and loves you this is gonna bite her in the ass
1: like your opportunity for love
0: yeah, so it's gonna, it's not gonna end well. I don't think for her. Hopefully they fix things, but this episode was really compelling. The angle with the uh, church was well done, and I think that this show is really doing well. I'm excited for the next, for the rest of the season. I think that there's a lot laid down. It's going to be Martin escaping. We still have the issue of are they ever going to find out that Ainsley was the murderer? Because Ainsley thinks that it was him the mom and uh, Jessica and Malcolm are the only and Martin are the only three that know that it was Ainsley that she's the murderer does the mom know she was in the room so we're gonna have to see where it goes bum 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 actually no the mom doesn't know it's
1: just the kids
0: no right now it's just the de- It's
1: just brother and sister on the dad.
0: yeah Oh, well, we're going to have to wait and see. So this one, definitely worth watching. And now, Mass Singer. Uh, so who got kicked out of the group? It was the Cricket. And the Cricket was Brian McKnight. And that was kind of shocking.
1: Because Brian McKnight's awesome.
0: He's a good dancer. How the hell did he lose? But yeah, it's a popular. Is he
1: a good dancer? He's a great singer. He was a good dancer, I thought. He was a good dancer.
0: He was better than the zebra. True. He was better than the bird.
1: I think the bird's pretty good.
0: He's better than hammerhead. Yeah. But yeah, so they got rid of the cricket, and eh, this show. I don't know if we're going to continue doing this because we have other shows to talk about. Because next week we have another show, one involving uh, well, it's involving aliens, and then we have One Division. One Division. They're going to change the theme song. We're going to still use that one for the second episode because that's the most. That's the most ear wormy. It's the
1: most fun.
0: Yeah, because we have WandaVision episode 4, we have Snowpiercer episode 2, season 2 episode 2, we have The Stand episode 7, we have Prodigal Son season 2 episode 3, we have The Watch episode 6, we have a lot of shows now. And then maybe in the future we'll do Stargirl season 2, even though that show was really weird.
1: It was okay,
0: if you want to hear our thoughts about that, listen to episodes 1 through 8 of this podcast. I'm excited. It oh. was okay. So, new thing we're going to add for this series in the spoiler section. Which show was your number one this season, this week? You think? Was it The Watch episode 5, which had the singing sword known as Gwayne being thrown into the water of doom? Was it Now in Color, where we finally see Wanda go crazy? Was it? Don't touch that dial. Where Vision got gummed up in the works. Her ha 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 ha! The vigil, the time of two engines. Speak of the devil, or the mass singer or mass dancer, dancer, not singer.
1: I think it's a toss up.
0: A two way or three way tie.
1: I think it's a three way tie for me. I think it's Wanda Vision, um, Snowpiercer, and Prodigal Son for me.
0: Okay, for me, I think that the, the definite winner is going to be, because WandaVision is getting really, really good. And once we find out the twist, because we know something's up, we know someone's watching her, we know that Geraldine, aka Monica Rambeau, has disappeared, or she's in the real world now, and Wanda's doing something. And that was so weird, just seeing him just like drill into the wall and be like, hey buddy, how you doing? He's like, are you okay? Yeah, buddy, I'm fine.
1: See ya. Yes, I'm great.
0: I think the, the standout for this episode or this week was definitely Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer had me on the edge of my feet the entire time.
1: Edge of your seat?
0: Edge of my seat and my feet. So that's it for this episode. Let, let us know what you think. If you have a show you want us to talk about or are there shows that you don't want us to talk about anymore, email us at uh, zanatspyrokid.com, at Twitter on Spirekid, or join our Discord at tinyurl.com forward slash Discord. So I think that's it for this episode. As usual, I am Zan. I'm Greta. We're Gonswell. Catch you guys next time and keep watching TV. See ya.
1: Bye.